on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Frisella, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today we have Q and AF. That's where you get to submit the questions, and we give you the answers. Now, you can submit your questions a couple different ways. The first way is... Guys, you can email your questions in uh, to askandy at andyfrisella.com. Or you can go on YouTube on the uh, Every Monday episode, which is the Q&AF episode, and drop your question in the comment section, and we'll pick some from there as well. Other times you tune in, you know we've got CTI. CTI stands for Cruise the Internet. That's our news, current events, comedy show. We speculate on what's going on. We speculate on what's bullshit. And then we uh, talk about how we, the people can be the solution to the problems that are happening in the world. Then we have Real Talk. Real Talk is 5 to 20 minutes of me giving you some real talk. Usually those come out on Thursdays. Then we have Full Length. Full Length is what you're used to seeing on most every other podcast where uh, we have a friend of ours come in or an interesting guest come in, and we have a conversation. And then we have 75 Hard Verses. And 75 Hard Verses is where people who have completed 75 Hard uh, who have changed their lives, come in and talk about how they were before, how they are now, and how you can do the same. If you're interested in 75 Hard, which is the initial phase of the Live Hard program, it is not a challenge. 75 Hard is a program. It's not a challenge. You can get it for free at episode 208 on the audio feed. Or you can go to 75hard.com or you can go buy the book on my website, andyforsella.com. So uh, that's what we got here on Real AF. We've got shows within the show, and we have this thing we call the fee. You'll notice I don't run ads on the show. Uh, I don't let people pay me and then censor myself around what they think I should and shouldn't say, even though with the traffic that I get on this show, I could earn eight figures a year uh, with ads. I ask very simply that you stand with me and share the show. That is all I ask. It's called paying the fee. So I come in here. I produce a show, I pay it out of my pocket, cost me seven figures a year to do. All I ask is that if you get value out of the show or you believe in what I'm saying or my messaging, that you please consistently share the show. That's what we mean when we say pay the fee. So don't be a hoe. Share the show. All right. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? Oh, not much. Another another beautiful day. Yeah. What, what you got there? Oh, this is the uh this is the new the new new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the new Tropic Lightning First Form Energy just came out. I'll tell you right now, that's the shit. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like it's like, definitely one two with orange. Nah. It is. Orange is like number three now. Mm, I don't know. Bro, that's pretty good. It's good. It's it's real good. <laughs> but it's definitely I think I'm still orange. Yeah. But Tropic Lightning's up there. And the uh Screaming Freedom flavor is really good too. That's a new flavor that we got. That's number two for me, right? Yeah, now. we dropped those last week, bro. Sold them out in an hour. Yeah. Like, both flavors. That was crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Not what we expected, but it was really cool, and uh, I appreciate all you guys that, that uh, scooped some of those up. We'll have some more in stock here real soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually uh, noticed I've had a few people hit me up. You know, they were uh, curious as to why. Why curious? Yeah, they, they were curious as to why the uh, the grape didn't roll out. Why? It's because we're racist. Uh, well, that's not yeah. it. Yeah. We didn't want, you know, we didn't want to... Keep you too happy. Oh, is that discriminating against DJ? <laughs> yeah, when I say people were asking, it's just me. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, great, great. We're actually doing grape and cream soda together. They got to be a dual release. Yeah, it is because we got to take care of the white people and the black people. That's what I'm saying. Right? Unity, bro. Yeah, unity. It's it's fair. 
So you like, can't dude, fuck up grape either. Like huh? grapes, he's like that's like I feel like that's a. We actually do have grape. We do. We do have grape. It's just not out yet. Mm. We do have cream soda, <laughs> and I'm not joking about any of it. <laughs> Listen, bro. How many how many times have I said some crazy shit, and then it's exactly what I say? Like, I'm not. I don't fucking bullshit, bro. Yeah, no, that, that shit's that's coming. Real. That's real. It's gonna be a gift set. Mm. It's gonna be called the Unity Pack. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're gonna save America. Save America with grape and cream soda. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm I know excited. you are. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you right now. Listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to like holding hands and skipping down the sidewalk with my cream soda and you with your we, grape. We bro. gotta make that commercial. Yeah. Well, I, I think we don't even need to make it. We just should do it because it'd be nice. Yeah. Send the message, bro. Yeah. We gotta do it. Gotta do it, man. We'll go this out. shit is good, though. No, dude, listen. I think that that's my number one flavor right now. If you haven't checked out First Form Energy for real, you're missing out, dude. Yeah. Um, Go to your local grocery store and tell them they're assholes if they don't have it. Yeah. How about that? No, no, do that. Seriously. <laughs> don't forget asking them nice. Yeah, don't, don't say, hey, you guys are fucks. Them. Yeah. Carry the best shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. All right. Well, uh, it is it is Q&A, man. And, uh, it is. I got some good ones for you. All right. All right. Let's knock these out. Andy, guys, question number one. Andy. Andy, I used to be a useful idiot uh, until the COVID vax round two messed me up. I've been dealing with my decision for almost two years now. Besides the point, my old friends uh, I left behind when I realized and it came to what was actually happening. I found your show. I share the show. And I've lost more friends along the way, but I have gained more because of it. Now I have a few of those old friends coming back around. I hold so much hate in my heart for them because of how they treated me. I'm not really sure how to move forward with them. Do you have any input? Well, I can understand that. Um, I experienced, as you can imagine, uh, an enormous amount of hate myself. You know, this is not just within my friend network. And DJ, you know, this is Mm -hmm. true, too. You know, we get on here every day and say this in front of millions of people. All right. We have eight figures of downloads every single month on this show. Um, So I understand the hate. It was vicious. It was fucking mean. It was unrelenting. It was bullshit. Yeah. Okay. And I, I too have resentment for a lot of the people and a lot of the shit they said. And I've had very few people apologize. There's been some people who have apologized, but not many. Right. People are just assuming that we'll forget. And I can tell you for sure, I will never forget. I will never, ever, ever forget my friends and my family who called me up on the phone or wrote messages to me on Instagram or the followers who fucking said, Hey, you're uh you're, you're, you know, unhinged or you're a conspiracy theorist or you're this or that and called me all these names for fucking years. So I understand that. But here's the thing. I also understand that what we were dealing with at the time was the biggest propaganda campaign that had ever existed in human history. And if you think about the internet being new technology, you have to understand that this was the first time that the internet was fully utilized for its propaganda potential. And so they weaponized this technology that hasn't been around very long and people had never witnessed it before. And I think that we have to be reasonable that people have an expectation that is very reasonable that the people who are on TV, who are the quote unquote experts are actually acting with their best interests in mind. And it has come to be shown over the course of the last three and a half years to most people that that's not the case. And so I do have 
animosity and, and bitterness towards a lot of these people. But at the same time, I also feel sorry for them because just like you, you fell for it when I was trying to warn you. Okay. And now you're dealing with the ramifications. And I, I feel like, you know, a lot of these people are people who had reasonable expectations to not be lied to. And when they were lied to, they reacted poorly. And, you know, here's something that I think about a lot is that if you think back to the COVID hysteria and the way people were, and then you think back to the argument of what would you have done during the uh, Holocaust, right? Everybody likes to say, oh, how could this have happened? I would have stood up. No, you wouldn't. You would have been one of the people saying, take them to the fucking concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are going to have to live their whole lives knowing that they're on that side of history. You were wrong. Other people were right. And people like us, people who were spreading the message from the beginning are legitimately responsible for stopping what probably would have been a genocide. And the reason for the genocide was to remove the resistance. And if we look about what happened and the language that was used and the actions that were taken, I fully believe that that was their plan. I believe that they believed that the amount of people that were going to resist were much smaller than what actually resisted and that they planned on disposing of those people. They planned on imprisoning them or eliminating them. And they, there was many places in the world that actually put people in actual camps. There are places here in the United States that were building camps. And we had leaders like Justin Trudeau saying, what are we going to do with these people? We had our president saying, these people, we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. These people should be shunned from society. They should be, uh, you know, basically shamed. And, and, you know, we had all these things happening, bro. The rhetoric was insane. Go back and watch it. And uh, I think if people didn't, you know, see what was happening, they would have been ushered off and disposed of. And and for the reason of disposing of people who were going to stand in the way of the 2030 agenda, which is what ultimately they're trying to do. So, um, you know, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, I don't think people should forgive and forget. I think people should be very cognizant and aware that those same people who said that, you know, the unvaccinated people shouldn't be put in society. The unvaccinated people are, are, are grandma killers and they're dangerous. And, you know, all of these people, you have to remember that was psychological manipulation. And those same people are capable of being psychologically manipulated again into the same actions or even worse actions. And so I don't subscribe to this idea of forgive and forget and move forward. I, I subscribe to be aware, understand that they were manipulated and if they take responsibility for being manipulated like this person has is asking the question, then we can move forward. But I I personally, after witnessing that and witnessing what's happened from COVID to the vaccine to Black Lives Matter to Ukraine to now what's going on in the Middle East, I am very, very, very aware that there's a large number of people that can be psychologically manipulated into literally murdering a large percentage of people that they don't agree with. And I think, you know, that's very dangerous. And I think it's something for all of us to be aware of and continue to fight and continue to work towards shining the light on how we were all being manipulated um, to fight each other. And so when we look at the situation as a whole, we have to remember that, you know, the only way they can maintain power over us is by dividing us and getting us to do these kind of things. And this is why we see this same pattern over and over again. You know, we saw it with COVID. We saw it with the black square. It's always two sides. 
Yes, right. It's this or that. Yeah. And pick a side. And if you don't pick a side, you're a piece of shit. That that never... Yeah, you can't even stay neutral. <laughs> no, bro. They don't allow you to. Yeah. So you have to stay neutral and yeah. you have to look at them right in their fucking eye and say, I don't give a fuck. Okay? And that's where I'm at. I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I'm going to say what I think. I'm going to say what I'm observing. And you can call me any motherfucking name in the book. See, the best thing that's happened to me over the last three years is that I have become highly conditioned to being called names. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I have no fear. I don't give a fuck what you think, which gives me the freedom to say whatever I want to say. Okay? So if we could all get to that point, and we could all get to that point where we say, hey, fuck you. Mm -hmm. All right? Things will change in this country, but they use fear to control us. And they use the fear of social rejection and social outcasting and mob mentality to keep us from speaking the truth. Because when we speak the truth and we say, I don't give a fuck what you call me, they lose all their power. Okay. Like when people call me shit on the internet and I'm like, yeah. Okay. What can they do? <laughs> right. They're punching air. So like, be okay with it. Who cares? You know the truth. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, this is about solutions. This is not about who's right in the moment. We have too many people out here trying to be right and then spouting misinformation and spouting bullshit and propaganda because they want to be right because they weren't famous before COVID. Like how many social media influencers do we have that nobody knew before COVID who now have a brand, have a page, having a way to sell t-shirts and they're monetizing that as hard, hard as they can and at the same time, propagating the, uh, the the misinformation that's intentionally put out, like we talked about on, on last Friday's show, the atrocity propaganda, these, these tales that have been proven to not be true, right? Yep. And they do this because they want to get likes, clicks, and shares, and then, you know, they become a pawn for the overall propaganda machine. And, and dude, I think it's shameful. I think a lot of these people who claim to be freedom fighters and claim to be for the people and claim to be about America are not. They're about themselves. And it's evident by the way that they regurgitate information and try to be first so that they can sell some fucking shit. Okay, that's not why I do this. Guess what, motherfuckers? I was pretty famous before this started. People knew who I was. I had the number one entrepreneur podcast on the motherfucking internet. Okay? I was also rich. Okay? Before this happened. That's just real. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, stating facts. I've been working for 20 years to build my life. And now I'm in a position where I thought this whole entire time I'd be able to live my life in peace, right? This whole time I've been working, I've been thinking, fuck, dude, all right, I'm going to get in my 40s. I'm going to fucking enjoy my life, okay? And you guys know this. You listen to my show. Remember when I had been talking to you guys about how I was going to buy a second place in Florida and do all this shit? Well, you know what? That's not happening now. You know why it's not happening? Because I have to take on this battle now. Because if I don't take on this battle and I don't come in here and fucking do this work, which I do for free, by the way, then I'm afraid that you guys who have always listened to me for years and years and years and years and years will never have the opportunities that I had to build a life that I have, which is my whole entire teaching prior to this happening yeah so yeah. like understand there is a difference between people who actually want to solve this problem and create a freer better america for the future generations and then there's a lot of motherfuckers that are just existing because this is the only identity they've ever been able to create for themselves and they don't give two fucks if they're right or wrong they care about the reaction and the attention because that's the economy that we live in so to answer your question in a roundabout way um 
I don't forgive people for the way I was treated because it was horrible. I had people break in my house. I had people try to assault me. I've had to arrest, I don't know what, a dozen people over the last few years, okay, for harassment, all kinds of shit I've had to put up with for having this voice and for speaking the truth. And it's been frustrating because I haven't been able to get you guys fully engaged behind me to speak with me because if it was you guys and me and all of us, they couldn't do anything about it. But because you're scared and you're probably scared of some fucking dumbass in your family who talks shit to you for 10 years because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and they shame you for everything, you've been conditioned for silence. And if we would all just wake the fuck up and we would all just say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to say what I think, just like Andy's saying what he thinks, and we're going to stop this shit. The shit will stop. Okay, so that's what I'm waiting for to happen. I'm waiting for everybody to engage and join in and preach the fucking message of real American freedom. Okay, I am tired of innocent people dying. I'm tired of our families being taxed into poverty. I'm tired of our economy being shit. I'm tired of being taken advantage of. I'm tired of being manipulated. I'm tired of being purposefully enraged. I'm tired of the division. I'm tired of the hate. Our life is not supposed to be this way. Our life is supposed to be peaceful and pleasant and filled with opportunity and joy. And because we are led by a bunch of greedy fuck tyrants, we aren't allowed to have that life. Our whole entire life gets stolen from us. That's what I'm aware of. I'm in my 40s now. I'm not 25. I'm not 35. I'm in my 40s. Time is more valuable when you get a little bit older. And when you start to realize what's actually happening, what's actually happening here is that they are stealing our fucking lives that we will never get back. Okay? And that matters to me. I'm not here to fight this fucking battle because these people are evil fucks. We're here to fucking live life and make this place a better place. And we're not able to even do that because these people are such shitbags. Anyway, I don't forgive any of them. They all need to be held accountable at the highest level. Your friends and family, they're useful idiots. They don't know any better. I don't forgive them either. If they come around and they apologize and they admit they're wrong and they join the team, great. I can fucking forgive that. But trying to pretend that like it didn't happen or they didn't say this shit, I'm not with that shit, no, bro. No. Own your shit. Say you're sorry. Apologize to people that you fucking insulted. Okay? And then we can work together moving forward to fix some of this shit going on. And until that happens, this these operations will continue to happen over and over and over and over again. And they'll continue to destroy our lives. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Uh, guys, Andy, question number two. Mr. Frisella. This shit is good. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it does taste like a squirt. You, you want a squirt? What'd you say? You don't even know what squirt is, no, bro. I know, I know what fucking squirts what? are. What is it? The sodas. They're fucking great soda. Yeah. It okay. tastes like squirt. I personally like the mellow yellows. I think they're underrated. You ain't ever had a mellow yellow, bro. bro. I fucking love mellow yellow, yeah, bro. Okay. And the only place that I know that still serves it on Fountain is like Penn Station. Pretty good. Mellow Yellow is good. Bro, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, I saw some shit about the dye or whatever they use in that. You know, it's whatever, but. Yeah. Well, they not, put atrazine in our water. It makes our balls shrink. So I'm pretty sure whatever the fuck is in Mellow Yellow is probably not that bad. Well, hold on. Yeah. What? Still good. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Guys, Andy, question number two. Uh, Mr. Frisella, I am in my first year in college, and I'm part of a Division One track team. One of my dreams is to become a professional track athlete, uh, but I am not a naturally gifted athlete. I had to work very, very hard to be in the position I am in now. 
I struggle with comparing myself with others. In this sport, I have to be compared to others, but I believe it rules more of my headspace than it should. How should I begin to attack the issue? Um, you should attack it the same way you've been attacking it. Here's what you have to understand. There's talented people, and then there's people with less talent that have to work very hard. And the people with less talent that have to work very hard, if they actually do the work, end up being much better than the people with just talent alone. Mm. When you're young, and especially in sports, but this applies to business or anything else in life, when you're young and you have talents, you assume that you're going to continue to be good and you assume that you're going to continue to perform at a high level. And what happens is, is you never learn how to actually follow that with the work ethic. And we see this over and over again in professional sports and all kinds of areas of life. We were just talking about this yesterday on a walk. Talking about uh, being athletes in high school and like, you know, going back, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. relying on just talent. Yeah. yeah, but what I'm saying here is that the people who have the work ethic, who have less talent, end up producing much more than the people who just have talent, mm. all right? Because the people who work, they develop the work ethic early because they have to to compete, and then that work ethic sticks with them, and they continue to push and push and push and push, and eventually their skill set gets to the level of the talented person, which is the max level for the talented person, but is a mediocre level for the person who wants to continue to work. And so what ends up happening is kind of like what happened to Tom Brady, all right? Tom Brady gets drafted at the end of the NFL draft, reason he got drafted at the end of the NFL draft is because he wasn't as talented as a lot of the other players. But during his high school and during his college years, he developed this insane work ethic. And that insane work ethic he kept while he was playing professional sports. And he continued to improve and get better and better and better and better. And now is considered probably the greatest NFL player ever mm -hmm. by most people. Look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. The reason Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team is because he wasn't as talented as the other players. So what happened to him? He understood, I have to work hard. I have to do things that other people aren't willing to do. And because of that, he developed this insane process for improving himself. And over the course of his career, he kept on that process and he got better and better and better and better and better. And he now he's the greatest basketball player that's ever lived. And some people consider him the greatest athlete that's ever lived. So... None of these people that you consider the greatest of all time, whether it be sports, whether it be business, whether it be anything, are the most talented people. These are people who, who had a little bit of talent, but had the work ethic to attach to. So the fact that you're one of those people is a gift. The fact that you're someone who doesn't have the raw talent that everybody else has around you is a gift. If you match it with the discipline and you match it with the work ethic, you're going to go 10 times further than any of these other people because when they max out, they won't know how to get any better. And you'll never max out because you'll continue to get better and better and better and better the longer you go. So obviously there's limits on physical capabilities as you go. But here's the cool thing about this process. When you develop this work ethic and you develop this process of understanding that if I work and work and work and work and work and work and work, I win, that starts to apply to anything. And this is why we see, you know, Michael Jordan come out of basketball and become a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Okay. This is why Tom Brady comes out of football and is going to become a multi-multi-billionaire with all the projects he has going on. All right. Yeah. This is why I'm successful, okay? I I was nothing special. I was never fucking special. I wasn't considered smart. I wasn't considered exceptional. I wasn't anything. I was just someone who was a little bit 
had a little bit of drive and a little bit of ambition and knew that I didn't want a regular life. And I worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And I have a skill set of the process of the work now. That's its own skill set. Okay. Now I'm going to continue to get better while all of my friends who are the same age as me, who might've had an advantage or rich parents or investors or this or that, they're kicking their feet up on a fucking beach in Costa Rica while I'm up here building a fucking empire. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So like this shit, if you're one of these people who is not gifted with the natural talent and the natural ability, but you understand that you can work to develop it, you're, you're the right kind of person to become great. That's the people that become great. We have this misconception that people think that greatness is like something you're born with or it's something that you're gifted, and it's absolutely not. There's a lot of great players who were gifted with greatness who never became great because they couldn't figure out that they needed to do the work with it. So don't be discouraged, all right? You're on the right path. You're understanding exactly what you are and exactly what you are is the best kind of person to be. It's someone with a little bit of talent, a little bit of skill that allows them to compete in the game, but also an understanding that for them to be great, they have to work their fucking ass off. And that person, those are the people that people write books about, that change industry, that change sports, that change the world. It's not the person that was born with the most talent. It's the person who has a little bit of talent and then pairs it with the insane work ethic. I love that, man. I love that. I feel like also too, right? Like, would you agree that, you know, if you're one of these people, you you truly do have to buy in to whatever goal that is, if it's running track. Like, you know, Michael Jordan, the reason he had to learn how to work hard is because he really wanted to play fucking basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of people, they're not even committing to that overall objective to begin with before the hard work even starts. Yeah, well, those people don't have a chance. Yeah. You have no chance at that. You have to make a decision on what the fuck you're going to be. It's not just for nothing. It's not just show up and work for nothing. Because here's the thing. The, the goal that you want for yourself has to be so real and so vivid, and you have to be so obsessed about it that you are willing to suffer more than everybody else to achieve it. That's the reality of achievement. You have to be willing to suffer when everybody else gives up. You have to be able to endure when everybody else packs it in. And this is what creates greatness. And without that vision of what you're trying to be, without that conscious decision that I'm going to do this no matter what the fuck happens, you can never achieve it because you don't have the motivation to stick through the hard times when everybody else quits. That's how it works. Yeah, man. I, I fucking love it. I love it. Guys, Andy, our third and final question. Andy, question number three. Andy, in my lawn care business, my leaders at the top are completely bought into the mission and vision, and that rolls downhill with most of those under them. These past couple of years, as the labor market has gotten even more cutthroat since COVID, I've noticed that some of our newer hires aren't as quote-unquote bought in, um, and they seem to just be here for the benefits themselves, not the company as a whole. We are the highest paying company in our markets with the best benefits in our industry, 401k, uh, health, four day work week, et cetera. Uh, and we treat our team extremely well. Are people just that entitled now or are we missing something? You're missing something. Mm. All right. You're missing the understanding that if you make it too cush and too easy in the beginning, people will take advantage of you. All right. So they have to learn that if they work, they will be rewarded. And if you give them the reward up front without them having to earn it, they're going to act as you're describing. So here's the solution. 
The solution is stop treating them like they've already won before they've won. All right. Figure out a way to compensate them and then paint a vision for their progress that they can achieve within your company and make that vision so big that whatever vision they have for their own lives, they can fit that underneath your vision, right? If you're trying to cut lawns and that's all you're going to do is cut a few neighborhoods, these people are not going to be motivated. They're not going to show up because they're going to realize that, you know, all I'm getting is all I'm getting now. And what difference does it make if I work any harder? So we have to create a scenario where they're driven to work harder to achieve their own dreams. And so what does that mean for you? That means your vision has to become so large that they can easily say, well, fuck, dude, if I work hard within this vision, I can afford the house. I can afford the car. I can afford the life. I don't need to be you know, worth a hundred million dollars, but like, bro, I can live in a nice hood. I can fucking drive a nice car. I can go out to dinner at nice places if I just help build this vision. Okay. So you're probably lacking that aspect in your business. And then you're turning around and blaming it on people for being lazy. You're, you've actually got it all fucked up. Mm -hmm. All right. Stop rewarding people when they first come in day one. Yes. Take care of people. Yes. Do the right thing. Yes. Be fair. But don't over deliver because then they don't have any motivation to work. And then on top of it, create a scenario where they can very quickly move up the ladder by executing. And what you do there is you're, you're creating the behavior of achievement within the culture of your company. And that's creating the drive, right? And then here's how this works. Other people that you hire, they come into your company and they talk to, you know, let's say Steve, who's been here for, for two years. And Steve's driving a decent truck and lives in a pretty nice, decent house. And Steve's telling the new guy, bro, when I started here, I didn't have shit. Okay. I did this and this and this, and I moved up and now I'm winning. And that's going to inspire the new guy to follow that. So then you create a culture of achievement within your vision. So you're missing a few things. All right. You're missing the motivation built in. You're missing the ability for them to achieve their dreams. And you're missing, you're missing most importantly, your responsibility to paint the big vision for them to work within. All right. Nobody's going to be motivated to, to work for a, a, a mowing lawn company. Uh, if you're just like, trying to get by for yourself. Yeah, if you already made it. Yeah, that, this is a common misconception amongst employers to employees, all right? A lot of employers believe that they're doing these people like a big service by just offering them a mediocre or shitty job. You're not, do, you're not gonna have inspired people by offering them uh, you know, a basic fucking level existence. The way you're gonna get people inspired is by showing them that they can achieve a whole lot more by helping you do what it is you're doing. And then you have to follow up by actually allowing them and following through on your promise to them to provide for them the life that they're after. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. A lot of Absolutely. people fuck this up. Don't feel bad that you're fucking it up. A lot of people do it. Yeah. It's funny because when I was listening to, to, you know, like reading this question and then hearing you come to it, like uh, the word that came to mind is like, man, the leadership it just feels complacent. Well, like that's they, usually. Like they've almost like arrived at whatever goal yeah. that they had as a company, as leadership, right? Like, mm -hmm. and it's completely counter to how you, you know, describe the vision for all of your companies, right? Like every single company you, you, you work uh, or you run, it's it's day one in every single one of them. Yeah. Right. And that vision is massive. Yeah. I just I just felt complacent. Like if I had to describe it in the word. Well, people don't understand too, strategically, okay, in the big picture, th every company comes to a point where they're either growing or they're dying, mm -hmm. right? And companies will grow, 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 
get to a point where the founder or the owner is comfortable and then they start to regress and people can't ever figure out why that happens. Well, the reason that it happens is because you're no longer growing and the people that you are in the boat with no longer want to row the boat because they don't see any forward progress for themselves. Ultimately, people are selfish. They care. And by the way, they should be. They should care about what they're getting out of the deal. And if you're not showing them that you're working to expand the business so that they can get more out of the deal, how do you expect them to be inspired to row the boat? You can't. You can't. You can't fucking do it. Right. Man. Just a few things I've picked up over the years, okay? <laughs> for me. Yeah. yeah. I would save you guys your whole fucking business if you listen to that question closely. Bro, I feel like there's a lot of fucking nuggets right there. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that's fucking awesome. Well, uh, that was three. Go pay the fee. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, does a no. Headshot, case closed, closed.